Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Hey y'all, James here. Before the show begins, I wanted to tell you about the Darling Homebody Shopping Network, an annual QVC-style stream I produce where my spouse Nicole sells her merch, art, and creations live on the internet. This year, Thursday, November 30th at 6 p.m. Central Time, we'll be live at Darling Homebody on Twitch, Facebook, and TikTok selling her goods. 20% off everything! There will be games, prizes, extra goodies, and for every $100 made, I'll eat a glob of the Hot Ones Last Dab Pepper X Edition Hot Sauce. Last year, we were so close to making $1,000 in a single stream, so help us smash that goal this year, baby! Head over to DarlingHomebody.com right now to start making a wish list. Follow at Darling Homebody on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for full details plus updates, and we'll see you live live on November 30th, 6 p.m. Central Time. Now, on to the show. Ay 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour. Today on the Power Hour, episode 221 Ranger Nation Spotlight, Richie 923 of Geek Status, recorded on September 9th, 2023. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the 4-Eyed Radio Network. Summer Ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as b 47 This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P, Steve F, Justin Z, Charlie N, Brian M, Craig M, Liz M, Mason M, Tyler W, Steve R, Hassan A, Jacob P, Josh P, Derek G, and Teresa B for supporting us this month. Remember, you can go to linktr.ee slash rangercommandph for all the links in our show, as well as our Amazon affiliate link at amazon.com slash shop slash rangercommandph. Today, I am joined by Richie, also known as Richie923 of Geek Status. Geek Status is all about own your passion, showcasing Power Rangers, Back to the Future, Ghostbusters, Star Wars, 80s, 90s, and beyond with the toy exhibit. Welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour. Thank you so much, Eric. That was, uh, you're a professional at this, and I, I commend everything that you've been doing up to this point. Thank you for having me on the show. Awesome. Yeah, absolutely. We've actually been talking for a while, kind of behind the scenes, and I'm really excited to have you on the show. I definitely wanted to give you a Ranger Nation spotlight because, man, like in the past year, you've I don't want to say blown up Twitter, but I, I think you made a definite impact. And I think we have a lot in common, actually, because I'm in awe of your display. I own a couple details myself, and uh, I just really love how you've incorporated everything. And And you're a prop guy, too, and, and I like movie props and stuff. And I just think it's really cool how you've just kind of entered the fandom and, like you said, owning your passion. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's the one thing I've always had like a weird approach with with social media is like, how do you present yourself online? Like, mm-hmm. I like I do recognize you from like way back in the day, like on Ranger board and stuff. Oh, my gosh. So like oh. I've been there. 
I've been part of the discussion in some points and sure. You know, I know how, how how it gets, but like entering the Twitter space again, like I've had multiple attempts at doing my YouTube channel, but I'm like, you know, let me try what, what Twitter is and mm-hmm. you know, have some missteps here and there. But I kind of just rode the waves about like what to kind of talk about in order to kind of be somewhat relevant and lack of a better word, successful at this kind of stuff, you know, so mm-hmm. I try to be as organic as possible. So I'm not trying to gain followers. I'm just trying to For sure. join in the conversation having meaningful virtual relationship with people. Like it's hard to do that, um, you know, through a screen and keyboard, but you know, yeah. we do the best we can. So that's where I try to aim my attention to is like the good vibes of the, all the stuff that we enjoy. So. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, especially the past few years, like with the pandemic and everything, I just think there's so much more value now in these virtual relationships. And that's a huge thing for me. It's because I've been working from home for like the last four years and Mm -hmm. that one-to-one contact, you know, it's really just with like family, local friends, you know, my wife and my son, and it doesn't really expand beyond that. And I think at least for me, the Twitter space and social media, that's been such a key over the past, God, couple decades almost in fostering relationships and and friendships like that. So Mm -hmm. I'm really glad I was like, Hey, who's this guy? He's got kind of like a cool vibe and he's got a really cool display. I'll I'll check this guy out. So it's just really cool to have you on the show and to be able to talk to you. So in all of my Ranger Nation spotlights on Ranger Command, I always have to ask, because this is a Power Rangers podcast, what is your history with Power Rangers? I really like listening how people got into the show. What was your mm-hmm. first experience with Power Rangers? Well, my very first things were the ads. Like I was always watching Fox Kids. I think what was popular at the time, it was like X-Men yep. and Batman, the animated series. So that was my jam after school or Saturday mornings, whatever. And then I was a member of the Totally Kids magazine. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so <laughs> that's yeah, a throwback. I have a whole collection of that's sitting in a pile that's like I'm trying to figure out how to like do something cool with that. But oh, yeah, sure. the ads started popping up and I saw started seeing the commercials and it looked freaking like wacky. I'm like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And at the same time, like I, I just I'm fresh off the heels of Jurassic Park and Ninja Turtles. So like I'm all amped yeah. up on martial arts and dinosaurs, everything that a kid like me at that time would be into. So I watched it. And it caught me off guard. I had no idea what the hell was going on. Like, it wasn't like anything I was used to. I think the closest thing I related it to was um, Batman 1966, which I grew up watching as a kid, too. So I'm like, all right, this is kind of cheesy and corny, but I kind of like it. So let's see where this goes. Like, the toys were always piquing my interest, but not enough to, like, make me make me buy it because mm-hmm. transformers i had older cousins who grew up playing with those and For sure. i guess they kind of intimidated me just how intricate the transformations was so robots weren't really my thing mm-hmm. so until like you know you see it on the show like okay they're actually showing you in the episode how to how to play with these toys so like all right this is interesting so it wasn't until like the green ranger saga where you know i was watching it still kind of like being mm-hmm. meh about it and then when the green ranger saga hit and i was like all right this is kind of interesting they're, they're taking something that's formulaic and then flipping the script on it and i was like let me let me jump in this is kind of cool but by the time i tried to find you know, toys they were off the shelves and i had to sell oh, for, for like sure. the, the second rate stuff <laughs> the bins you know exactly so since you're one of those og fans like myself what was the point that you may have like dropped off of power rangers was it did you ever drop off because some people did that did you age out of it what yeah what was your, um, kind of your history of pr so i would say throughout turbo the weird changes that were happening like i, I definitely wasn't aiming to 
be in front of the TV at four o'clock every morning after school. It was like, right. okay, uh, I'll, I'll try to catch it when I can. And I feel bad because, you know, in space turned out to be one of like the greatest seasons. And I, I didn't follow up as closely as I should. I, I was there for the finale of it all, but all the stuff yeah. with the Psycho Rangers, I kind of, I need to go back and rewatch it. And so around then, and then definitely like Lost Galaxy from that point on, mm-hmm. like I would pay attention to the premieres because, you know, whatever my online habits at the time were, you know, check Ranger board, check the check Ranger Central. So <laughs> it was always in my face about what was going on. So like, you know, why not catch up on it? Sure. I would at least watch the premieres mm-hmm. of those episodes, but definitely not following up through until like, I want to say Abba Ranger. No, no, no. Sorry. It was Forever Red. Yeah. Forever nice. Red was like, all right, they're bringing all the old cast back. Okay, cool. Let's see what's going on. And then I heard about uh, Abba Ranger right after that. So I started watching the Super Sentai mm-hmm. and then I heard about Dino Thunder and they're bringing back Tommy. I was like, okay, now I'm kind of, all, I'm like all in at that point. So around Abba Ranger, Dino Thunder is when I kind of came back for another couple of years and then yeah, fell off. So do you have like a top three seasons or if not seasons, maybe like top three episodes or ones that really stick out in your mind as like, this is Power Rangers. I would say Definitely Mighty Morphin, just because that's mm-hmm. like cemented into the back of my brain. Dino Thunder and RPM, just because of the dynamics of how everything shifted with RPM specifically. And then with Dino Thunder, it definitely felt like the spiritual successor to Mighty Morphin, like what it would have been yeah. back then. Yeah. So you have this channel called Geek Status, and I think it's super cool because you've got this really focused display, which you call the toy exhibit. And I love it. I love looking at those videos because it's definitely a concentrated version of at least stuff that I like too, like Mm -hmm. back to the future and Ninja Turtles and Power Rangers and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. I know this is part of how you enjoy your fandom, but, but how do you enjoy your fandom and how did the toy exhibit become an extension of that? So first of all, I want Thank you. Because honestly, when I've been putting this thing together, I'm like, does this make sense? Like, Mm -hmm. there's only a certain amount of time you can spend in your own brain doing kind of, you know, your own craft. And after a while, you got to kind of take a step back and see what it looks like. So sometimes to me, it looks like a mishmash of stuff, which I'm, you know, times it probably does to people who don't really know. But the focus was uh, making iconic statements with the toys. Mm -hmm. So making something kind of eye catching because you recognize it without having to have too much like i'm a fan of context but like for sure too much then it kind of ruins the magic of why the toy is the toy so that's my kind of style and i'm, I'm glad that kind of translated out people are picking up on it because you know as i'm developing it i'm not even sure if it makes sense like i've built toy exhibits in the past <laughs> and i'm like okay it looks like i'm living out of a basement like how do i not make it do that like how do i take mm-hmm. it a step further so you know, I'm, I'm lucky enough to have the space that I do. And I had a whole wall as soon as we got this this new house. My wife and I looked at this wall. I'm like, I'm owning this wall. Everything is going on it. I'm sorry. And then when everything kind of came down, she's like, holy sh- oh, can I? Holy, holy crap. Yeah. You have um, a crap load of toys. I'm like, uh, yeah, I do. So, yeah, that's something that's kind of my dream because we rent right now and mm-hmm. we definitely want to get our own place. And I think it's so important as someone that's creative or, you know, at least personally for me, I like to have my own space and, and kind of make it my own. I've built my office before and other places we lived at and tried to display things as best I could, but your display and how you were doing things was kind of an inspiration for how I wanted to take my office in in this iteration. So you're definitely influencing people for sure. Thank you. Yeah. That's one thing too. Like, 
if you're going to be a geek about something like there's like a, a uh, addiction element to it like how far oh, can you sure. take your your fandom like so that's why the own your passion became like a, a a catchphrase like in more ways than one so i have a strict set of rules when i buy toys like make sure it's mm-hmm. only this only that you know if it's like a modern re-release of something i had in the 90s like what's the point of it what what's the actual statement about it like no right. i want the the retro toy to kind of live on because that's what i remember owning as a kid yeah i could have the newest version of the latest cobra kai version the latest yeah. mr miyagi figure I have the original. What is that new one going to do for me? So I only have enough room. (laughs) Exactly. That's pretty important, especially whatever situations we have, you know, maximizing your space and Mm -hmm. maximizing my collection. Cause you know, sometimes I'll look at stuff and be like, I have too much crap. And you know, Mm -hmm. if 90% of it is like in storage in the basement, like what's the point? So I think maximizing your space, I think you did a great job with it. Thank you. Thank you. What do you think is like the most unique item in your collection or one that, and it's probably like choosing a child, like, you know, I, I'm sure every piece has like a sentimental value, but is there kind of one or a couple items that really stand above all others? That's a good question. I always saw like, if God forbid lightning struck and the house were burning, like I'm going to look at the toy exhibit and say, okay, what's the one thing that's going? That's yeah. a tough question. Okay. So on the mighty Morphin side, Oh, sorry, mm-hmm. on the Power Ranger side, if I look at the Power Ranger side, I would have to say the signed Dino Buckler from uh, oh. Yuta Mochizuki. Yes. Yeah, I got that signed at Power Morphicon, and that was always one of the Holy Grail items, and to get it signed by like the dude himself behind the mm-hmm. mask, or you know, figuratively behind the mask, Right. that's just a cool piece of history just to, to kind of own. So it would have to be that. But then for the the movie icons or the screen icon side, right? That's a tough one. Let's see. I'm gonna say the the gray sports almanac. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. From Back to the Future. Yeah. Nice. And that was before like prop replicas became like licensed and stuff. So that replica right. that I have is from a prop maker who like knew the actual prop in and out. I got that as a gift. Are you on the replica prop forum? The RPF. Yeah, RPF. Yeah, I take some notes from there, like mainly for the um the Nike mags, the shoes that kind of came out. Like, there's no way I'm spending you know the insane right. amounts of money for the <laughs> Nike ones. So, the V ones, V twos, V threes, I've kept up on the whole history of those Nike shoes. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, for me, like Power Rangers and movies, and just growing up, kid of the '80s and '90s, like I was always fascinated with props. So. I've been on the RPF for <laughs> mm-hmm. decades. It's a great resource. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of knowledgeable people that own their passion. Mm-hmm. I really think that that is a really cool mantra. It's something that's inspiring because it's like there's so many things out in the world that are either distractions or negativity or whatever. And I think owning your passion, like own it. This is yours. Mm-hmm. I love the statement behind that. Thank you. It started off as a pun, as an own your passion, like you like something, go and buy it mm-hmm. kind of thing. And then that kind of morphed into, uh, you know, there's a pun right there. <laughs> um, and then it kind of morphed into like own your passion, like, okay, set limits on the kind of stuff and how you enjoy your your stuff. Because if you get addicted, you buy too much of one thing. Like, what was the point of it at, at the end game? Like, does it fulfill your enjoyment for a specific purpose or whatever? Mm-hmm. So that was a thing. And then even taking it a step further with how any fandom can get toxic. 
own your passion. If you like something, you know, that's your own personal religion about why you like something. Like there's no reason to kind of have that spill over to someone else's reason for liking or not liking something. And then mm -hmm. I think that's just a common pattern that extends outside of fandoms, but yeah, that's a whole other topic. But yeah, own your passion. That's my main sentiment. Talking a little bit about fandom and what you brought up, like fandom toxicity and all that stuff on the opposite. Do you have any like favorite fandom experiences as being part of the fandom. I know you said you went to Power Morphicon and got Yuta Mochizuki to sign the Dino Buckler. Mm -hmm. Is that part of it? Is it meeting fans? Is it kind of hanging out? I guess as you grow with the fandom, especially for Power Rangers, this is something I, you know, from mm -hmm. the ground up, I was a part of. I wasn't even a fan at first and then became like one of the most passionate fans. That's a statement in itself. And then your expectations as a fan can either go the expectation route or just you just continue to be surprised about what you can expect. So, you know, Forever Red came by. Yeah. 10 years of Red Rangers, like the most mind-blowing thing you could see on screen. And then after that, figuring out Ranger Board and then seeing that there's other people with the same exact passion that you have. Mm -hmm. And then Power Morphicon, like it's just literally just like the show itself. It just was exponentially better. So Power Morphicon, having everyone meet up and then you get to actually meet the cast and crew that yeah. was the magic behind your favorite show. That's something awesome, too. And then now in this new kind of virtual renaissance that we're all having, especially as an older fan, I'm going to have to say stuff like this. Like I finally was able to put myself out there. I was a part of that Power Ranger France special. And now nice. I'm yeah. right in this podcast. Like these are the experiences that I'm looking for. And these are continuing to be my favorite fandom experiences. Yeah, that's awesome. It's really cool how everyone kind of takes these similar journeys ranger board and then amping it up to the next level with the convention and then mm -hmm. building upon what you love to do moving into that how did the term geek status come about how did you start this channel what was like your original intent i want to give credit to my now wife like back then when we were first dating like Mm -hmm. I had no shame in showing my collection at the time. Like, you know, she came over, a whole eye load full of toys, and you know, that's me. This is who I am. Whatever. So anytime I would have, you know, the opportunity to like talk about it, mm -hmm. I would like ramble on. And to the effect was, oh my God, Richie's on geek status or Richie's on geek mode. <laughs> so I was like, you know what? I'm gonna kind of borrow that. And when I make my channel, I'll turn on the camera and be like, hey, I'm Richie923 and I'm on geek status. Like I'm on that mode where I'm gonna shift and and talk all geek stuff, whether you're in context or not about it. Like I'm gonna ramble on about my favorite thing. So that's where that kind of came from. Nice. You have, I think, a really good looking channel. Oh, thank you. Thank you. What's the background? I'm sure there's some kind of like videography background because the videos look really awesome and you have you. some really good production value, which is, I don't want to say rare in the fandom, but I mean, it's at that pro level. Thank you. I've been always wondering about that again. Like I just kind of do the stuff and I put it out and I'm, I don't know where it is at times, but yeah, thank you for that feedback. Yeah. I have a background in video production nice. uh, because of, you know, my love for power Rangers. You, you see how the show is made and you kind of want to do it yourself. Even growing up watching the MMPR toys, a YouTube channel, like they're doing oh, yeah. their thing. So I kind of get inspiration from that. We can definitely like, if we have our own little mini production studio, go at it. Like you have the toys. Yeah. Make something cool with it. And now all of us have all these advanced cameras in our pockets. 
you know, like people with zero camera experience have like one of the greatest cameras in their pockets because mm -hmm. it's always on. So as long as you know how to use it, you can do something cool. So that's always been like my aesthetic. I was really amazed because you did like that behind the scenes mini video on Twitter and you have this rolling setup. And I was like, man, those are goals right there. Uh, yeah, thanks. Yeah. It's, again, it's about making the production effective and, yeah. you know, any kind of mentality or, you know, what I have towards my toy collection, that all comes from practicality. Mm -hmm. Like, that's my mindset. So making my production stuff practical, if I can just easily roll it out, throw a camera on a MagSafe mount, hit record, not having like an hour's worth of setup or whatever it is, just roll it out and go. Exactly. Do you have like one video that you're just super proud of? You're like, this is the epitome of what I want to do with my channel. Yes and no. Like, it's one of those things where we're our own worst critic at times. So sure. <laughs> I'll put out what could be considered my best work and I'll find a, a million things wrong with it. One thing that I'd like to do often are these uh, one sweeps or kind of like one takes mm. where I kind of go through the whole exhibit as like a tour. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every now and then I'll either like dive in and get into the details or just do like a quick kind of one pass. So whatever is going to last the most amount of attention in the viewer's eye. If I make a video that's more than five minutes, I feel like it's a balance. But I, I'd say sure. like the video I'm most proud of is uh, the general toy exhibit full tours. Like those mm -hmm. are something I want to be able to kind of tell a story without even having to say a word, you know, just having the visuals speak for themselves. Yeah, absolutely. With the 30th anniversary happening right now, and as we're recording this, this is before Cosmic Fury is even out. It seems like you're also trying to hype up Cosmic Fury because you did a rock cover of the theme, which just came out like a couple <laughs> weeks ago with the trailer on Netflix. So I wanted to ask, what was just the inspiration behind that? And how long have you been a musician? Because I thought it was really cool. Oh, thank you. So that uh, I pulled together in, in a couple of days. Uh, as soon as I heard the, the theme song, I was like, all right, this is kind of jamming. I was like, obviously, it sounds just like Dino Fury, but there's right. something about it. I was like, oh, they added verses and it replaced Google Go Power Ranger finally. So I heard it and I was like, I heard this this like rock beat behind it, this loud kind of. Yeah. Doo -doo 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 -doo. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a cover because before I did the Google Go Power Rangers uh, Ron Wasserman cover like a few mm -hmm. years back. Um, and, and that's another thing too. I've, I've been a musician as long as I've also liked Power Rangers. So along awesome. with picking up stuff like video production from the show, hearing the music was always ear catching to me. And at the time I was into bands like Green Day and Weezer, yeah. so very like minimal, like three piece, four piece rock bands. And then I hear this awesome rock music coming from my favorite show. And then I get into the Mighty Raw. I learn about Ron Wasserman and then I learn about how he's just a one person band yeah. and i'm like uh if he can do it i can do it so learn guitar <laughs> learn drums and yeah just listening to pop punk and mm -hmm. stuff from like mighty raw that's where my, my music background kind of stemmed from the cosmic fury theme song itself but yeah i pulled that together in the matter of like maybe a couple hours mm -hmm. just the rock track itself and in the video i was like how am i going to do this i want to do something with the toys and then kind of last <laughs> minute i had to pivot and just i threw different color shirts on and just do like film myself playing the actual cover that was fun <laughs> nice with the 30th anniversary and um like dino fury and all that are you pretty much like did you watch all of dino fury are you super excited for cosmic fury what's yeah, like yeah. your level of hype <laughs> i would say it's on different levels i want to see where it kind of ends off because mm -hmm. if from what i've read is true like if they weren't sure they were coming back for cosmic fury and then the way they kind of wrote off dino fury it kind of like left it as an open-ended ending yeah. so you know it doesn't fully close the door 
kind of eh about that. I'm hoping they don't do that for Cosmic Fury. Like if they leave some kind of thing open for mm-hmm. if they kind of end it in a way that satisfies a whole 30 year finality point. Cool. Living like a small keyhole for a reboot or whatever happens after that. That's like my ultimate expectation. I'm hoping that kind of gets fulfilled. But yeah, from it being separate from Super Sentai compared to previous seasons, I'm kind of hyped for where it goes for that. I want to see what the kind of stories they're going to tell. From what I'm reading, it's not going to be as formulaic. So maybe you don't have to have a third act Zord battle every time. So <laughs> I'm excited to see the, the different uh, changes that is going to happen. For sure. And now, like, are you an active watcher of like Sentai and Tokusatsu? Do you keep up year to year or just whatever piques your interest? I keep up year to year in terms of like the first like five episodes. Like I'm so bad at keeping up. Yeah, I think me too. <laughs> I started Lupat. I started Kira Major and mm-hmm. Ryu Soldier like all at the same time. I'm like, oh, that was a bad idea. <laughs> so it's like a rolling wave of interest. Like, okay, I'm episode five of Kira Major. Okay, let's see where these guys are at. Watch that for like a week or two and then switch back if I can. It's it's a mess, but I'm not the most <laughs> organized uh, tokusatsu watcher, but I keep up when I can. Yeah, absolutely. Like with Cosmic Fury, I'm pretty excited about just everything about it. I think if the rumors hold up, you know, it'd be pretty cool but you know we'll see where it goes now with like the writer's strike and the actor's mm-hmm. strike we still don't know anything really about the ant whistle reboot so as a fan who like me has been there from the beginning where do you want to see power rangers go or what are your thoughts on this might be the final chapter for a little bit especially things like the lightning collection going on hiatus and mm-hmm. you know power rangers moving from new zealand there's a lot of uncertainty right now and we can talk about how that has made the fandom kind of act in in the past year yeah, I totally understand when it comes to things like consistency. Like we're all creatures of habit. For sure. And something kind of steps out of line just a little bit. It's like, hey, what, what's what's the deal here? And then now like with Hasbro owning both the toy rights and the show rights, it's like, okay, where is this going? Especially with its deep rooted history with Bandai, Toei and Super Sentai mm-hmm. side of it. Like there's just a hard line of translation and, and uh, adaptation that you go through. But where I personally would like to see the brand and the, the franchise go is having, if they can continue the kids show, mm-hmm. that would be kind of cool just to have the third years kind of continue. Yeah. And then if we can have something suited for the adult audience where we borrow characters, legacy characters, put them in a new aesthetic and new kind of interesting stories, kind of like once and always, but we can up the production value just a little bit. Yeah. And at the same time, maybe throw an animated universe for anything that kind of resembles stuff from the Super Sentai, if there's some sort of path for that to be adapted or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. that'd be kind of cool to just kind of have different pockets to grow different uh, age groups for the fandom. Absolutely. And I'm a fan of... Obviously, I'm a fan of Star Trek. I'm a huge Trekkie. And, Mm -hmm. you know, just the past five, six years in Star Trek, it's been such a huge boom in terms of the resurgence of like new series and series that are meant for different audiences, like, you know, a a kid series. There's an animated adult comedy. There's, you know, stuff Mm -hmm. for legacy fans. There's new stuff. And I would love to see Power Rangers go that route. You know, there's something for different generations because, you know, we're now in 30 years of Power Rangers. There's people like me who now have a kid that, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, that's that's the next generation of of fans and definitely want something to be there to nurture that new fandom in the future. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I always compared 
Power Rangers to Star Trek, even mm -hmm. as like a spiritual successor. Because as a kid growing up, I had older brothers who were into Star Trek, just like how I'm into Power Rangers now. And yeah. back then I'm like, man, that'd be cool if Power Rangers did that one day. And then when Power Rangers in space came out, I was like, okay, we're, we're almost there. We got a nice kind of <laughs> uh, spaceship set going on. But I see potential for you know, a, a deep following where there's conventions with, you know, it's all based off of a show with colorful characters. Like they have, you know, colored costumes and then they're, you know, the aliens that are on it. You could tell that it's just like people in makeup or whatever it is. Yeah. And the special effects weren't the greatest, but you got the idea for what it is. And I saw Power Rangers as a spiritual successor to Star Trek. So mm -hmm. ever since then, I try to hint with my opinion about where the fandom should go. Like, look at what Star Trek is doing. They have their their footing in the right place. Where they're taking a, a property which is rooted from like the ground up kind of production value, and they're just taking it to whole new levels. Yeah, and it seemed like for a while there, we kind of had that a little bit. Like when they announced the Jonathan Entwistle stuff, I was like, okay, cool. We can have the kid show, and we can do something that's you know maybe aged up for us. Yeah. And if not not us, but at least older, like maybe pre-teens or teens or whatever because like when i started watching power rangers i was 11 when mm -hmm. when power rangers came out and you know by the time of turbo in space i'm a teenager and it was like power rangers was growing up with me mm -hmm. and then, you know once high school started wasn't like the cool thing anymore and even though you know going back i watched lost galaxy i'm like that was a solid season Mm -hmm. My time force too. And, you know, by that point I was in college and it was like Power Rangers was just off my radar, but I think Power Rangers or any longstanding franchise, it has to evolve because, yeah, you definitely. know, we're recording this the day after literal Star Trek day and mm -hmm. Star Trek is 57 years old. Mm -hmm. Power Rangers just turned 30 two weeks ago. These are multi-generational fandoms and if you're not catering to all demographics or, or at least the different older kid, younger kid, and then adult, that vision of nostalgia, mm -hmm. then it kind of stagnates. And I don't want to say that's where Power Rangers is at now, but I just have this big concern that once Cosmic Fury is over, people are going to talk about it for a week and then crickets. Yeah, that was my one fear. It's like it's the final season or supposedly yeah. the final season and you're going to drop it all in one day. It's like you're just uh, it's, it's like a wash. Like it feels like we, this should have deserved like a, at least a, the 10 week spread for people to soak into it. Yeah, for sure. And just close out the year with this great every week there's anticipation like, oh, my God, what are they going to do? Yeah, seriously. I'm not a, a toy marketer by any means, but like there has for to sure. be like some kind of effect on, you know, you, you, there's a toy line drop. You're going to drop all the toys at one time. Like I thought it would be a little bit, you know, expanded. You know, 10 weeks is a lot when you want to think it about is. It. Yeah. So like that could have easily like hyped up Power Rangers. And then for that span of time, get new fans and then check out previous seasons. And you have 10 weeks of that. But no, you're going to drop it all in one day. And that's kind of unfortunate, you know? Yeah, it really is. It'll be interesting to see how I guess the fandom adapts to it. Because you talk about geek status, this is going to be like fandom status. Like, yeah, seriously. Where, are we at? <laughs> where is the pulse of, of the fandom going to go? And part of me will be a little bit relieved because it feels like there are arguments mm -hmm. every other day. <laughs> and I'm like, the only reason this is happening is because we are so starved for information. It's like, one yeah. little breadcrumb of something comes out and it's like instantly overanalyzed, argued to death. 
Mm-hmm. And then who's to say what's going to happen with 10 episodes full of information that we've been clamoring for forever dropping on one day? Like, that's just going to, it's like throwing a, it's going to be a mess. Bomb in the, <laughs> yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah. And I remember last year when Dino Fury season two came out, like that second half, because that was the start of like the Netflix exclusivity. Mm-hmm. And even Ranger Board had to be like, how are we going to handle episode discussions? <laughs> yeah, and they just had to open all the episode threads at once. And how do you manage that? Like, what are yeah. you talking about? Two episodes that refer to one another and like the mods are going to go crazy. <laughs> yeah. We're kind of at a precipice here. And mm-hmm. I just think as an older OG fan, let me know how you feel about this. I kind of just want to sit back and watch the chaos. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit. No, I think that's the modern Xennial or millennials uh, mantra mm-hmm. these days. Kind of sit back. We've been through enough trauma at this point. Let's just sit back and watch our favorite show. Just kind of eat itself exactly. alive. But <laughs> to be positive about it, as, as best For as sure. I can be. I feel like with any kind of discussion that happens, mm-hmm. there has to be that it is what it is at this point. For sure. You know, they're not going to go and retcon the whole thing with the next. Actually, they're they're going to reboot the whole thing. So that's not going to make sense. <laughs> Whatever happened, happened already. Suits are the suits. The plot's the plot. The story's a story. Yeah. And hope for the best. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much what I'm thinking about. It's like, look, this stuff has been locked in the can for like a year now. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. at least filming. It's kind of a done deal at this point. And we kind of have to accept it. But I think it's an opportunity because once we don't have any new episodes, I think there's seasons that I would definitely want to rewatch because it's been a number of years since I've done like a full binge of Mm -hmm. certain seasons. And we've got 30 years of content. Plus the Super Sentai. Plus the Super Sentai. Like now I feel like, oh my God, now I can catch up on. (laughs) There's a lot. Every time I hear the fandom, like we want more. I'm like, turn the other way for just one second. Did you visit every pocket of Super Sentai and Power Rangers? Like there's a lot. I've collected all those Shout Factory Super Sentai DVDs. I haven't even watched like 90% of them. Like I, <laughs> I, I really want to just now that, you know, the power Rangers is kind of slowing down and after cosmic fury, mm-hmm. you know, I just kind of want to take a step back and be like, I just want to watch something because I want to watch it. Yeah. True. And there's nothing on a schedule anymore. I could mm-hmm. watch whatever I want, you know, when I want. And hopefully for content creators like myself and, and you, I hope that opens up a possibility of maybe doing deep dives or exploring things in our own time without like the pressure of either trying to promote something or, you know, we're talking about the latest thing. Oh, totally. Yeah. That's where the whole, you know, video on demand like really comes into play here. Like mm-hmm. watch and dive into any of the 30 plus years. They're practically all on YouTube right now. Yeah. Which I think was <laughs> a, a great, a great decision because yeah. now like I don't have to log into Netflix or, or whatever it was at that point. But yeah, that's one of the main things I want to do on my channel. And again, I want to keep it toy focused. I don't want to talk too much about the media itself, but when it comes to the merch and the toys, I want to do my own deep dive. So I, I'll spend my time watching you know, a good amount of the season, go and play with the toys for a little bit and then do a, a mini review and be like, this is what came out for Jungle Fury at the time. That would be a nice set of series of episodes to cover. I know you don't talk a lot about the ancillary media. Your focus is on the toys, but mm-hmm. I saw your tweets last week. You <laughs> kind of dipped your toes into the comics and I'm like, do it, do it. I know, I know. It's, it's uh, when I saw the comics were coming out, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a whole mess. Like, how do I? It was the same time when Hyperforce was, was yeah. the 25th anniversary, which kind of just went crazy in a good way. 
And yeah, when the comics were there, I was like, oh boy, like I'm a TV and show guy. <laughs> this is a whole other thing. So I got the hardcover the first go around. I got the Green Ranger oh, the, yeah. the whole the helmet as a whole compilation. Yeah. So I had that with plans to read it. I think I got it for like 40 bucks at New York Comic Con or something like that. Yeah. And then I saw the insane amounts it was going for on eBay. And it was during a time when I kind of <laughs> needed it. So I was like, sure. Yeah, I, I, this has to go for like four <laughs> or five times what I paid for it. Like, sorry, <laughs> I got to make space. It's kind but of yeah. a, a, a no brainer, especially if you haven't got into it. Yeah. Yet. It was yeah. just waiting for me. And I was like, no, you're not going to, you're not going to read me. It's like, sorry. Out. <laughs> So since then, like the comics grew and grew. And at that point, sure. I just kind of was like, uh, that that train's already kind of taken off. So, but I did pick up that 30th anniversary. And now, and I have to say, like, I kept going. I was like, okay, my God, this is, this is actually pretty good. <laughs> now I bit the bug or the bug bit me. So another nice. rabbit hole. Yeah. Nice. I wanted to ask, uh, since, you know, you do a, you know, a lot of video work and, and all that stuff and you're kind of an example of, and you know, I, I've looked at your channel. You've got videos going years back as well, but kind of breaking out, getting more active on Twitter and social media and stuff. I think you're a good example of showing that the time is not over for content creation. And I think, oh, no. I think if people really want to be like, if you want to talk about something and if you want to put your passion on video or podcast or whatever, there's no wrong time to start something. Yeah, Definitely. Do you have any advice for other upcoming content creators who maybe haven't started yet or are kind of on the precipice of, uh, do I really want to put myself out there? I would say the first step is removing that fear of looking dumb. Mm -hmm. This is something I keep having to relive time and time again. Like I, I put myself out there so much more these days because that's all we can do. Right. We live, we learn. And so why not live, learn and sort of teach, or at least we're in a world now where we have the means to kind of spread our knowledge for sure. at the same time we're learning it. So we're all riding the same boat. So for other content creators who are worried about what they look like, whatever, we all got to start somewhere. So it's it's about progress, not about perfection. So mm -hmm. and it's something that I have to tell myself all the time too. And it sucks. Like I'll go through, I just recorded a whole Star Wars episode. Oh, wow. And honestly, like I'm being a whole mess about it because I'm looking at it and I'm like, I could have done this better. The microphone wasn't picking up this. So I'm going to kind of eat my words and I'm going to redo it. But there are times where I put out a video and like, mm, mm -hmm. it's about how well can I do this thing in this amount of time? If you yeah. spend too much time trying to perfect it, things can always be better. So just know that do it the best you can in a set amount of time and let that be your focus and then just grow from there. Whatever didn't catch on for video one, Fix it for video too, and then just keep going with that way. And so that way you have all this content, you have all this growth, and mm -hmm. you're focusing on your own craft at the same time, instead of having to worry about putting stuff out for just the sake of content, like focus on your craft. Let that be part of the content you, you learn in. That's something I doing podcasting for, you know, over 10 years now and being an artist too, like graphic designer, all that stuff. As artists, we are our own worst critic. And I think nothing is more critical than looking at yourself and being, how can I improve? How can I do better? Sometimes we get in our heads so much. It's like when you get a positive comment or positive feedback, it takes you out of your own head and you're like, wait, I'm actually doing the thing. And I mm -hmm. think, I think it's important to realize as long as you're doing the thing and as long as you are having fun doing the thing, mm -hmm. 
that's the most important part. Yeah. And that's also a reason why I take my focus off of follower counts and views. Yeah. Like that'll come. It's kind of like money. It's like if you exactly. focus on the money when you work, like it's it's harder to come by. But when you just kind of focus on what you do in the end, you'll be rich from it. So hopefully I whatever I'm doing kind of gain some kind of organic following. And if it's not, then hey, it's my channel. This is kind of what I want to do. I want to be the the 40 year old guy who plays with his toys live <laughs> on TV in front of the whole world. So exactly. Speaking of follower counts and all that, where can the listeners find geek status online? So I am on mainly Instagram because that's the quickest mm. way I can get stuff out. The YouTube channel, definitely that's where all the um, curated content, the produced content goes. And then also whatever I do on there bleeds out onto Twitter X, Twitter X, Twitter X. <laughs> My friend Shuki is calling it Twix. So <laughs> uh, I like Twix. We'll, we'll go for Twix. We'll go for Twix. I'll respect that. So yeah, uh, the handle will be at Geek Status TV. Nice. And if you kind of like the style of the things that I do, I do have other companion channels on the way. So I have Game Status TV, Gear Status TV, if you like tech and, you know, uh, modern Apple products and all that stuff. Oh. Uh, so those are things that I'm slowly feeding over time. It's when I'm able to get to it right now. My focus is on geek status and a little bit of game status. Nice. Uh, so I have a whole, a whole uh, uh, mini universe of status statuses. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. No, I like that. I always appreciate good branding. So yeah, that's, that's <laughs> awesome. And for our listeners, we'll definitely link to all of Richie's stuff in the show notes, man, it has been a blast talking to you and, and having you on the show. I'm, I'm glad we were finally able to get this locked in. So I really appreciate you being on the show, Richie. Thanks for having me. Awesome. It's, it's awesome to talk to you too. Normally I'm listening to the podcast and like, I have something to say like, oh, I can't, it's a podcast. <laughs> So now I'm, I'm on it now. I'm, I'm living on it now. Cool. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com or check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at rangercommandph and at Instagram and Facebook at rangercommandpowerhour, all one word. We're also on Blue Sky and Threads, but the biggest link that you could go to is linktr.ee slash rangercommandph or website at rangercommand.com. So until next time, we will see you on the next Ranger Command Power Hour. Later, everyone. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour only on the Four Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www. Dot rangercommand.com follow us on twitter at rangercommandph like us on facebook and instagram at rangercommandpowerhour ranger command is also on patreon become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks by pledging you are helping us make our show even better go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more Thanks for listening.